must be born again. And we had to be born again. And when we were, the blood is what washed us and recreated us and made us a vessel that the Holy Spirit was could come in and, and, and could come into. And, uh, and, and still, we need the blood in this day. We need the blood. when we need to be con conscious of the blood. And we need to release our faith in the blood. And we're going to do that. Before I do that, I just want to clear up one thing that I said the other night. Just because I just don't want anybody to ever misunderstand. I know what I meant, but I want you to know what I meant. But I was talking about judgment and how if we'll judge ourselves, we'll not be judged. And how G how God, uh, God when he, the Bible says that when he judges, when God judges us, we're chastised of the Lord. Uh, and the chastisement of the Lord is not physical sickness. It is not... Uh, car wrecks and losing your job and 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 lack. That's not how God chastises, but He chastises us. And we look the word up in the Greek by teaching us, instructing us, rebuking us, and so uh, that's how He corrects us. So you you can expect in services that the Holy Spirit, apart from us, will correct you, and you'll and you'll know. I always know when God's correcting me. Hallelujah. And then I always know when uh, at home he corrects me. And then I've received correction a lot of different ways. I've had my little children, when my kids were little, I've had them say things that they didn't even know they were saying. And it was correction. I knew God was talking to me, you know, through my little kid. And uh, then, But I said something. I said, you know, and I was talking about parents, you know, that God uses parents to correct kids and I talked about how I would get in I got in my kids face when they were younger well when I say get in their face I want you to know what that means I'm not talking about beating them and whipping them and hitting them upside the head or getting a hold of their ears getting in their face I'm talking about a stern lecture getting in their face I mean, and this mama could give some stern lectures, I can tell you. And so that's what I was talking about. But the Holy Spirit just quickened me that somebody could misunderstand that. And I just don't want anybody to do that. You know, I know, we now we did spank our kids. But I know Eric, he never got a spanking after eighth grade. He didn't need one. Because if you'll start young, they don't need them later. You know, I think Colin was about 15 when he got his last. When he, he <laughs> you know. He might even have been 16, hallelujah, but he, 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 he was a pretty quick learner too, hallelujah. hallelujah, or I just got tired one or the other, and besides, I don't know about you mamas, but I got where I couldn't do any damage, I mean, you know, I couldn't even hurt them, you know, they would just kind of look at me, you know, because I didn't have enough strength to, to do any paddling, good paddling, and so, uh, but anyway, we're not talking about that, although we do believe in spanking kids, and we spanked ours, we believe the Bible says to, we know the world doesn't, the world says not to, and Dr. Phil says not to, and Oprah says not to, and you know, all them say not to, and there's a right way to do it, and it's not abusive if you do it right, hallelujah, but most people don't do it right, I mean, out there, not in here, out there, those people out there, so, um, Anyway, but when we say get in your face, we're talking about a stern lecture. Hallelujah. So God will give us a stern lecture too. Usually, though, God doesn't give us a, you know, I would lecture for 45 minutes. God don't usually lecture you for 45 minutes, does he? He just, he just has, it doesn't take him that long to get through as it did me. <laughs> Hallelujah. But pastor says that I always just repeated myself, you know. And when I'd get on a roll and I'd just be like telling them the same thing over and over again. <laughs> and uh, you know how you, and you get all wound up. And so... Uh, um, but anyway, um, God, no, usually it's just, it don't take much for God to correct you. You know, it can just be, 
and sometimes he doesn't have to say anything. We just know. I boy, I shouldn't have said that. I didn't, uh, and you know. And so we uh, we need the blood of Jesus to continually cleanse us and wash us. Amen. We've been talking about releasing faith in the blood of Jesus. That it's important that we release our faith in the blood. And uh, here's, and I don't know if I got this across the other night, so I'm gonna summarize it, but. Um, <clears throat> We talked about how the old-timers pled the blood, and, I, and about three weeks ago on a Sunday night, just by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, we did what we called walking the blood walk. Now, I had never heard of anybody ever doing that before, but that doesn't matter. We know it was in the Bible, in the Old Testament, where they walked the blood walk, and we had had that teaching on covenant and, and learned how they walked the figure eight through the blood, and, uh, and so just as an act of faith, not trying to go back to the old covenant, but as an act of faith in the new covenant, we walked the blood walk and we made the figure eight uh, in the auditorium that Sunday night. And that was all that was, was releasing our faith in the blood. And the old timers, all that is, when, when you hear them say, uh, the old timers talking about pleading the blood of Jesus, all that means is that they're releasing their faith in the blood of Jesus. Amen. That's all it means. And then we talked about uh, another way that we can release our faith in the blood of Jesus is communion. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more tonight, and then we're going to take communion. We have it up here, and we're going to do it real casually. That's why I didn't even tell the ushers we've got it up here. We're just because I want to do it real casually tonight, take communion. And then another way, and we talked about Sunday night, that we can release our faith in the blood of Jesus is when we sing about the blood. That when we sing about the blood, we're not supposed to be just, you know, okay, there's power in the blood, power in the blood, yeah. Uh, and we're supposed to be releasing our faith. Father, thank you. The power in the blood is healing me today. Hallelujah. You know, you're releasing your faith in the blood all the time. So uh, four ways we talked about there to release our faith in the blood. And, and we talked about continually releasing our faith, not just once a quarter. You know, as Baptists, we used to take communion once a quarter. They were so afraid that if we did it too often, this is what they said. If you do it too often, it'll become um, common. But I don't believe it. If you will release faith, you can do it every day. You do it three times a day, and it wouldn't become common. Hallelujah. And I know lots of people. Smith Wigglesworth took uh, communion every day. Billy Brim takes communion every day. Perry Stone has a book we're fixing to have in our bookstore. We ordered it uh, called The Meal That Heals, and uh, it teach a teaching on taking communion every day. Hallelujah. So... Uh, it's not a. It, it's not. It, it's not. It doesn't become a ritual or or if, if you release faith in it. Well, another thing about communion and releasing our faith in the blood, we don't need to be doing it in fear. You know, Job. It says he was always he everything. He was he was just in fear over his kids. He was in fear, and he was just you know. And we could do that as 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 new as believers. We could be uh, praying in fear. You know, we could be pleading the blood in fear. Oh, God, my kids, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. Oh, Lord. And I tell you, you say that, but I, you look at me funny, but I've known some parents that they, that's exactly how they, Christian parents that were acting just like that. And we could be speaking Psalm 91 in fear. We could be, oh, God, God, give the angels charge over my children. And we could be doing that in fear. And uh, uh, that's not the way to approach it. We need to not be fearful. We need to, if you really have faith in the blood, you're not going to be fearful. If you really have faith in Psalm 91, you're not fearful. 
That's the whole point. And you have to drive out fear. And you do it with the Word of God. You drive out fear with the Word of God. You may have to meditate in Psalm 91 a while in order to get rid of fear. But uh, you, that's the, we're not to be doing this in fear. And also, you know, these things about the blood, these things about communion, they're not a magic formula. Amen? But they, they're, they're, they're to release our faith. Um, and we'll look at that a little bit more. Um, one of the, so it's a, when I say release your faith in the blood, I am talking about the same thing as I heard one person say it this way one time. If you will make much of the blood, the blood will make much of you. If you will make much of the blood, the blood will make much of you. In, uh, uh, <clears throat> and when we, let's go to Matthew chapter 26. Uh, praise God. Hallelujah. And we're going to talk about communion tonight. Hallelujah. And if we get through fast and too fast, we'll, we'll pray or something. Hallelujah. Because I'm, since I'm winding down, I, uh, I'm not winding down. I mean, I'm just I'm finishing up what I had. But actually, I got I got two pages of notes. So it'll probably be okay doing me. It'll probably all work out. <laughs> no, Matthew, verse, Matthew chapter 26 and looking in verse uh, 28. And we're going to skip the part. You know, usually we focus on the body. And we're going to take the the we're going to take the bread tonight, and so the the body of Jesus, Jesus, the stripes of He bore stripes for you that you, that you could be healed, and we'll release our faith in that when we get to it. But in the teaching tonight, we're focused on the blood. So look at verse twenty-eight. It says, "For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins." And if you look at that in the Amplified, and I believe it's a, I like it better this way. It actually said, for this is my blood of the new covenant instead of the New Testament. We know it means the same thing, but I don't know somehow it's just more powerful to me when I, when I read it, new covenant. Because that's what we have is a new covenant. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which ratifies the agreement and is being poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Um, so I like that word ratifies. This blood ratifies the agreement, Jesus said. And uh, so when we take the cup tonight, the blood of Jesus ratifies the agreement. You need to remember the covenant that you have with Almighty God. The covenant that you did not make, that Jesus made with God, so therefore you cannot break. You cannot break the covenant because you did not make the covenant. Amen. Jesus and God made the covenant together, and so it cannot be broken by us. But we are in, the Bible says we were in Christ. Hallelujah. We were in Christ when He went to the cross. We were in Him. Hallelujah. And so because of that, it, uh, um, it's our covenant. It's our covenant with Almighty God. Amen. And so the blood, when we take the cup tonight, we remember that it's this blood that ratifies, uh, uh, that ratifies this covenant. It ratifies it. I like that. Uh, all the promises, all the promises of the new covenant, this word, this Bible, all the promises of the new covenant are ratified by the blood of Jesus. 
And you know, uh, now, uh, there's a lot of people that take communion very seriously. I know the Catholics take communion real seriously. Here's how serious they take it. I'm not saying this is not right, but this is, but they, they're ser they believe that stuff is potent, powerful. I'm sure they'd be, well, they would be disgusted about these little cups up here because they have to have a, John Maroney was telling me, because he used to be Catholic, the inside of the cup has to be precious metal. And so they had a cup at his mother's church that the metal kind of started wearing off and it had to go back and get replated because it has to be precious metal, the inside of the cup. And, uh, um, of course, but, but, you know, hallelujah. And there's things that they believe about the blood that aren't true. They believe it's the literal, they believe that, that little wafer turns into Jesus' flesh and that blood, that little juice turns into his blood. And that's not, that's not right. But on the other hand, one thing that's good about how they approach it is uh, they're serious about it. They're serious about it. They're not taking it for granted. They're not being flippant and casual about it. Hallelujah. And so we need to release our faith in it. Hallelujah. This is our, this is, and this is not a church ordinance. Now that's something that we were taught. It's a church ordinance. Boy, you, you'd, have, you'd have been in trouble if you'd have took it at your house because it was a church ordinance. But it's not. It's a Christian ordinance. You ought to be taking it at your house. You ought to have some little cups or some, you can buy a little box of wafers at uh, Gospel Supply. You can buy grape juice I heard at the grocery store. Hallelujah. And, uh, and you know, you can just take your own communion. Praise God. Uh, I know Brother Copeland always talks about every time he needs to receive healing, he goes to the communion table. Anytime in their family they have sickness, the whole family goes to that communion table. Hallelujah. 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 There's more to this than we've, than we've known in the past, and so we need to grab hold of it. And I, I do that now too. Now, I... I, I I take the whole, I have some of these little cups at my house and I, I take communion by myself as I feel led. But I can guarantee you if I ever have sense when sin in my body, I get that communion cup out. Amen. And I get before the Lord with communion. And, and that's part of the way I believe I receive my healing and, and I settle it with that, with that communion cup. Okay. And that, uh, and that, and that bread. Uh, <coughs> hallelujah. Um, we are, turn to uh, Ephesians 1 7. I got all ahead of myself and got my notes all wound up. Imagine that. Ephesians 1 7. This is, I, I just love this scripture. Ephesians 1 7. In whom? In whom? Say, in whom? In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In whom. Now this is a good, we talk about who we are in Christ scripture. This is a who we are in Christ scripture. Anytime you say, see in him, or in whom, or through him, or uh, uh, in Christ. Anytime you see any of those words, in fact, Brother Hagin says, go through your Bible and mark all the places where it says in Him, in whom, through Him, in Christ, because that's who we are. And so in whom we, in Him, he's talking about in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. So through Him, through the blood, it's through the blood. Sometimes we say through Him, but more specifically, it's through His blood. 
Through the blood, we have redemption. That's what he's, that's what he's trying to get across to us here. We looked up redemption the other night. And I want to review this, on this for just a second. And redemption in the Greek means deliverance and salvation. So sometimes we read through that and we go, in him, in whom we have redemption. Okay, I'm saved by the blood. I'm saved. But so much more than that. In whom, in whom we have redemption through his blood. So what do we get through the blood is what we find out here. We get deliverance. Well, that means we get delivered from catastrophe, destruction, plagues, swine flu, bird flu, Hong Kong flu. Now, I know since I've been around, we've had swine flu, Hong Kong flu, and now bird flu. Hallelujah. But we have deliverance. That's what deliverance. I don't just have salvation, go to heaven through the blood. I have deliverance. You have deliverance through the blood. Hallelujah. So this is so important. And I have salvation. Now he's not just talking about, uh, I got saved one day. Now I'm going to heaven. I used to think that was all there was to salvation. But now we know that that word salvation is the Greek word sozo. S-O-Z-O. Sozo. And it means continual deliverance. It's not just one time deliverance delivered me from hell to heaven. Continual deliverance. Through the blood, I have continual deliverance. Hallelujah. I'm delivered from uh, robbers and bad people. Hallelujah. Uh, rescue. Hallelujah. Through the blood, I have rescue. Amen. It means safety. Through the blood, I have redemption. I have salvation. I have safety. I have deliverance. I have health. It means health. Through the blood, I have health. Hallelujah. You are a covenant person. You have a right to health. The devil has no right to put sickness and disease on you. You have to remind him of it. He will, even though he has no right to, he still will. You know, there's, the, bank, the bank, bank robbers have no right to rob a bank. But they do it if they can get away with it. But they don't have a right to. That's not their right. That's not their money. And that's the way the devil is. And they're inspired of the devil. But that's the way he is. He has no right to put uh, on, the, on a Christian that doesn't even know anything. He has no right to put anything on them. But he'll come in through the door of ignorance as quick as he'll come in through the door of sin. He'll come in through the... He'll get in whatever door you'll let him in. And if, the, and if we're ignorant or if we're just passive... If we're just passive about it, you know, just and I, 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 I'm, I, I, and I used to, I used to not be passive so much, but I wasn't quick. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't quick to resist. And I'll tell you something else is I wasn't persistent in resisting because I didn't know I needed to be persistent in resisting. And so I would say, you know, devil, get off my body in Jesus' name. And, you know, I did, but I didn't just persist and persist and persist and persist and persist and persist and keep on and know in Jesus' name, I'm healed. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I mean, talk it, talk it, talk it, talk it, talk it. Because the devil's not going to respond to you, think it, think it, think it. Thinking thoughts don't have dominion over the devil, but your words have dominion over the devil. 
Amen? Words are what this whole universe was made by. And scientists now, I read, have now proved, you know, they, they now can hear this, uh, this kind of rumble in space. And like one preacher said, that's God's words from Genesis where he said, light be, they're still, they're still out there going, rumbling. They, now, they can hear that now. Hallelujah. Your words have dominion over the devil, but your thoughts don't. And, and you know, sometimes we just don't say enough. We, you know... Remember, and we just we read, I believe, in Matthew or Luke. I think it was Luke. Yeah, we look, read what we read last week about the unjust judge that regardeth not God nor uh, let's see that what does it say? He does not regard man or uh, honor God. He does not honor God or regard man. That un, and it says that uh, that woman just kept kept coming, kept coming, and said because of her importunity. Well, I used to think that, but then the very next verse talks about God being the righteous judge. Boy, that used to confuse me. I'm like, oh my word, I don't understand this because the word judge was throwing me. But the devil's the, un the unjust judge. And he don't even have a right to be a judge, but he tries to judge us all the time. He tries to judge. When he's put sickness on you, he's trying to judge you. He's trying to. And, and so when does the devil give up? He, he gets tired of you. When you make him tired of you. He gives up because your importunity, because you just won't stop, because it says you weary him. That's what that scripture says. It says you weary him. I mean, we need to weary him. If our kids have got something, we need to weary him. We need, if we've got something, we need to weary the devil. And with not necessarily always speaking right to him, but speaking the word wearies him. And just know in Jesus' name, I'm a covenant woman. I have a covenant with Almighty God. God is my Father. Jesus is my Lord. This body belongs to Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. Oh, he'll get weary with you. The devil will. And you got to remember, you're not talking God into healing you. And you got to remember also, you're not the sick trying to get well. You're the healed already, according to 1 Peter 2.24, and the devil's trying to steal that. And so that's why, that's who you resist. You're not, if we approach healing, of I'm begging God. Oh, God, heal me. Please, well, you are what? You're way off, and you're not, you're not going to ever get healed that way. Because in God's eyes, you're already healed. Well, you are already healed. It's not just in His eyes that you're already healed. You are healed. But the devil is coming by trying to press something on you. And so you resist and you resist and you just and and so you're just continually. Okay, so we have health. It means to save. It means deliver, protect, heal, preserve. We have preservation. I like that scripture in Thessalonians. I think it's the last chapter of 1 Thessalonians. I pray God. I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless, preserved blameless, preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. One version says that your body is whole, intact, nothing broken, nothing missing. Hallelujah. Amen. So preserve. Do well. It means to do well. The blood by the blood of Jesus, we do well. Be made whole. 
to be made whole by the blood. And so uh, <clears throat> we see all of that in that scripture in Ephesians there. It also says there in Ephesians 1, 7, through the blood the for, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, also we have what? The forgiveness of sins. So we have redemption, we have deliverance, salvation, we also have the forgiveness of sins by the blood. Now we're not sinners anymore. We don't have a sin nature, but we do miss it. And you know what? We know it when we miss it. The only time you don't know it when you miss it, um, well, is people can harden their heart to a place. I guess basically they do know it if they're missing it. But you can get so hard toward God you don't feel the Holy Spirit dealing with you. But I know when I miss it, I know immediately I missed it. And you know, I believe you're that way. I believe your heart's tender towards God. And when you miss it, you know it. Amen. And so we miss it. We make mistakes. Sometimes we say the wrong thing. We have cut, let our flesh get in control instead of our spirit being in control. Take We walk out of love. Hallelujah. And 1 John 1, 9 tells us how to get our sin under the blood. Because if we sin... After we've been born again, we need to get that sin under the blood. Why? Not so much because of a spirit problem, because our spirit's been taken care of. It's sealed. That sin's not going to penetrate your spirit. But we need a cleansing in our, in our body, in our flesh. We need a cleansing in our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. We need to be washed in our soul. We need to be freed by the washing of that blood. And, but, and, and he, so this, this 1 John 1, 9 was not written to sinners. It was written to the born again. He said, uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, um, so we get our, how do we, this is how we get our sin under the blood of Jesus, by confessing it to God. Hallelujah. And you know, sometimes, um, you know, wives and husbands, this is a good example. If I get mad and chew my husband out, it's going to be more than me repenting to God, isn't it? I mean, there's somebody else I need to repent to, isn't there? And husbands, if you act out of turn or out of order, there's somebody besides God that you need to... And you know, one thing we need not do is sweep just... Oh, well, let's just forget it. Now, let's just sweep this under the rug. Because those things, those things hinder us. Hallelujah. They hinder us. So we get clean by the blood of Jesus. Amen. No sin that's under the blood will ever be exposed or judged. I know you don't have to be afraid to come to church. Hallelujah. With your sin under the blood. Aren't we glad? Hallelujah. And there's been times that me and Pastor, we've had to get it under there fast. Because we was driving to church. And we'd gotten the flesh and gotten a fight or something. Not a fist fight, but you know what I'm talking about. A word fight, you know. And gotten strife. And boy, we had to, before we was pulling in the parking lot, get that sin under the blood and start repenting. And you know, we did because we fear God. Hallelujah. And if you fear God, you will too. And besides all that, we want, we want, uh, we want the glory to come. We want, we want to be a place where the glory can come, and I know you do too. And if the glory comes in, and it's here, it's here in measure all the time. But God wants to increase the measure. It's always here. 
It's always here. The glory's always here in measure. But God wants to continually increase the measure of, of, not the, of the tangible glory anointing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, and so, uh, uh, and I, Billy Brim said this. She said, you know, in some churches, if the glory came, the, 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 the tangible glory, pastors would fall over dead. And uh, that, that, that probably has happened before. I'm not sure, but um, we, have to keep our, we have to keep clean before God. Hallelujah. Amen. And the, 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 it's important for you to be clean. But if your sin is under the blood, if you've confessed your sin, you, ha you, you should have no condemnation whatsoever. No condemnation whatsoever. You should, and the devil though, he's, he's illegal. He's, he's, he will try to condemn you even after you've repented if you will let him. Amen. But you have to resist that too just like you resist anything else. And you have to say no. And I found, I found this, that when I say no, there is no condemnation. I have repented to God. And, and Brother Copeland says, tell him it's not any of his business to shut up. And it's not. Your sin is between you and God. Not, the devil's not in it. And, uh, uh, but uh, I found, boy, he leaves fast. He'll leave fast on that one. He will, the devil will leave you alone if you'll say. So don't walk around under condemnation. And don't let your own soul condemn you. Sometimes your own soul, the Bible talks about in 1 John, about if your heart condemns you not, then you have your confidence towards God. He's talking about, he's not, he's not talking about your spirit. Your spirit's not going to condemn you. Your spirit's going to encourage you. He's talking about your soul trying to condemn you there. And sometimes our old soul, because of an unrenewed mind and so forth, will try to condemn you. Don't let your heart condemn you. Don't let it. You say, heart, no. Brain, shut up. I have put this sin under the blood. I am not. Have, I don't know about you, but I have repented before and got in the bed and just worked something, felt bad. Oh, God. Oh, God, I just hate that I... And you know, it's great to be sorrowful. We should have a sorrow, a godly sorrow when we miss it, when we, when we sin. You know, well, I don't think we should be flipping. Oh, well, oh God, God will forgive me. I'm not even going to... No, we don't have to have a flipping attitude. But on the other hand, God doesn't expect us to toss and turn all night over, over sin we've repented of. And ask God to forgive us. And I've been there when my own heart was trying to condemn me. And I just had to take a hold of that and say no. Because we're not supposed to approach the communion table that we're going to go to tonight with condemnation, feeling bad about ourselves. No, we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We've been washed in the blood, and I believe when we go with condemnation, we're saying the blood wasn't powerful enough for me. It wasn't strong enough to cleanse me from sin. You know? And most of the time, we're, we'd be more merciful to somebody else. You know, some old murderer would come up and say, how can I get saved? And we'd tell them how to get saved, and we'd have no problem believing that God could forgive them. And then we'll toss and turn all night in our own bed because we said something out of order to somebody or something that we, and we repented of it and took care of it, but we'll still toss over it. Letting our heart condemn us. We don't need to do that. God's not dealing with you. That's not, that's not God dealing with you. If you've already repented and acknowledged your sin, as soon as you repeat, it was over. 
Now, he might deal with you a long time if you're not willing to admit it was sin or something. And I know there's people like that. I don't think we're that kind of people. That kind of people don't usually show up at Wednesday night church. Amen? Usually. Now, they might drift in or something, but hallelujah. So no sin that's under the blood will ever be exposed. Um, and turn into uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Hallelujah. We should have great faith in the blood. And you know we should have more faith in the blood than we have in sin. And more, you know, and a lot of people have such faith in sin. They just have, they have so much faith in sin, they just, you know, they're just always focusing on the, the sin side versus the righteousness side. And you know, there's a balance that we don't, we don't, aren't flippant and cocky about just living any way we want to. But on the other hand, we're free too. And we don't have to be under this thing all the time. We, we can walk free. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, if you are not obeying God for something He's told you to do, He's going to keep dealing with you. And you can, can't repent out of not obeying God. You can only do one thing to get free is what? Obey. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, uh, and, and we want to do that. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. And for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And I like, you know, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. I like the, uh, there are several translations that say it this way, but the New Living Translation says, This do to remember me. I don't know. It just came clear for me when I heard, This do to remember me instead of in remembrance of me. Maybe I was just numb to in remembrance of me because of the little table at the front of the church. Because, you know, we're not paying any attention to the sermon when I was a Baptist. We're just sitting there looking at that little table. This do in remembrance of me. I bet we read it. I bet I read it 2,500 times in every service. That's when I wasn't drawing circles. You know, I filled in all the O's in the bulletin every week. You know, everywhere the type... Used to, we had typewriters. They made a nice little O that you could fill in with your... That's what I did as a Baptist Christian. Whew, it was powerful, wasn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know none of y'all were like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, you know, maybe I just went numb to this do in remembrance of me, but somehow that just wasn't registering on me. And when I read in the New Living Translation, this do to remember me, I was like, wow, I, I get it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Uh, verse 25. After the same manner also we took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament, or New Covenant, in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it, to remember me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this drink, bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. That word damnation means judgment. So we need to uh, examine ourselves, verse 28 says. Uh, we, three things we, we can examine ourselves of. One, are we in faith? We talked about we need to do this in faith. Second Corinthians uh, thirteen five says, uh, "Examine yourself to see that you be in faith. You can have faith. All of us in here have faith. When you got born again, you got faith. Hallelujah! 
In fact, you received a measure of faith just because you was a human being. You received enough to get born again. Then when you were born again, you got the God kind of faith. Hallelujah. And you have the God kind of faith. But that doesn't mean you're in faith about anything. And or you might be in faith about some things, just totally in faith that God's going to take care of this situation and you're just and over here you're just sweating bullets over something, not in faith. And so you need to examine yourself to see if you be in faith because we need to approach the communion table with faith. Hallelujah. Whatever and, and receive what receive, not just take it in vain, receive it. Receive what we need when we go to communion tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. And then we need to examine ourselves to see if there's any sin we need to be to we need to repent of. Hebrews 12:1 says for us to um, you know this scripture but I'll read it. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So when we go to the communion table tonight, we need to examine ourselves to see if there's going to be any sin. Um, <clears throat> and number three, we need to examine ourselves and see if we are in proper relationship with the family of God. 1 John three fourteen. if you want to turn over there. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He that dwelleth not he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Hallelujah. We've opened when when we are walking out of love with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're opening the door to death. And the Bible, he said there in Corinthians where we just read, for this reason many are, are sick and many of you uh, sleep or die prematurely. Hallelujah. God, so we need to get out of, we need to forgive our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, we may need to make something right with somebody. Bible says leave your gift at the altar. If you know that, amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about there. If your brother has ought against you, hallelujah. So, um. We examine ourselves. Uh, before taking communion, I'm going to give you four things. We look inward, examine ourselves. Is there anything we need to be have removed? Cut out, put under the blood. Are you right with God? Do you have any known sin? Examine yourself and get rid of that. That doesn't mean you pass the communion plate by. I've seen people just let the communion plate go by because it's under condemnation. Well, that's not right. Just repent right there and then take it and receive the power to overcome whatever, that, whatever it is in your life you need to overcome. Don't pass it by. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> number two, we need to look outward. Do we have any unforgiveness, strife, division with others? Are we right with the body of Christ? We talked about that. Are we right with our family, our friends, and other believers? Hebrews 12, 14 says, Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Follow peace. I, I, I looked for it today, but I couldn't find it. But I think in one version, it's, there's a, a verse that says, um, So far as you are able, be at peace with all men. So far as ye are able. You know, on our part, we, can, we have to do what we can do. But sometimes you can't make them be at peace with you. You know what I'm saying? But so far as we are able. So you get it right with you. And if they can't get, get it right, well, that's their problem if you've done your part. Amen? And God may give you something to do. He may have you send them a gift. 
I know I've heard ministers say a lot of times, well, actually, I heard Ross say this. He said he had to send so much money to his enemies, he didn't have any money to give to the ministries. <laughs> that he didn't have any money to give to the ministries he wanted to support because he was always sending money to his enemies. <laughs> Hallelujah. Only Ross would come up with something like that. By the way, Ross will be here for Sunday morning, Sunday night only. Uh, not this Sunday, but next. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> but he said that. And I know pastor has had him, the Lord had told him one time, a man that was unhappy with him, he, he, had, he bought him a gift. He bought a gift and had it sent to him. And it'll ruffle their feathers sometimes. Oh, I'm telling you, we didn't do it to ruffle their feathers. But when they, when they you know, some people just won't be reconciled. And, you know, he sent back a note and it said something like, uh, thank you. I could enjoy it more if I knew the motive. And I'm like, well, we just laughed. But, you know, hallelujah, so far as you are able. Amen. Hallelujah. And so uh, we pursue that peace, though. We pursue it. We do what we can and what God leads us to. And then sometimes he may just say, don't think nothing else about it. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Uh, number three, we look upward through Him. We look through Him, uh, through His blood. Look to Him as your source. Look to God as your source. Don't look to man as your source. Look, you'll never be disappointed if you'll look to God as your source. And you know, another thing we do when we look up is we ask ourselves, are we doing what God's called us to do? Amen? It's really hard to walk in divine health and the blessings of God if you're out of the will of God. In fact, it's impossible. Hallelujah. You may get a measure, but you won't get that full, you'll, you'll, you won't get that full thing if you uh, are not in His will. So look that way. And then look forward. We look forward. We look into the future with expectancy. And we look into the future with great hope. We have hope. If you don't have expectancy being one of the key ingredients to an outpouring of God or to a move of God. Uh, expectancy comes from hope. And people that have hope are prayers. People that have no hope don't pray because they don't think their prayers will change anything. And so if you, are a, if you don't have any hope, you won't pray. And you have to have hope in order to have expectancy. <laughs> And you have to have expectancy in order to receive from God and to get a move of God. And to receive from God in your life. Hallelujah. And so, uh, hallelujah. Praise God. So we're going to receive communion tonight. And like we said before, it's not a magic formula. I want to tell you something else. And this is something a lot of us didn't know for years. It's not a spiritual ceremony. This is not a ceremony. It's an experience. It's a spiritual experience. It's different than... You can see a ceremony is just a ceremony. But this is a spiritual experience. And we call a lot of things ceremonies that shouldn't be just ceremonies. They should be experiences. We call it a wedding ceremony. But it shouldn't be just a, a ceremony. It should be a, an experience. There should be impartation. There should be, there should be things happening in that wedding ceremony. Baptism is not just a ceremony. It is an experience. Hallelujah. We, uh, uh, communion is not, and not just a ceremony. The laying on of hands, if, if we're going to ordain uh, ministers here and we lay on hands, that's not just a ceremony. A lot of places treat it like a ceremony. No, there's a, 
there's an impartation. There's something going on. And you have to don't lay hands on any man suddenly, it says, and, and all those kind of things. And, uh, you know, there's things to be followed because why? Because it has great significance in the spirit realm. And communion has great significance for you in the spirit realm. Amen? So we're just going to be real casual. We're not even asked the ushers to get up tonight. Don't even stand up. Well, you might have to stand up a little. But we'll just kind of do this. We're just going to pass this among ourselves. Hallelujah. I, 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 I could have had us all come closer together, but we'll just pass this. So when you get yours, just send it across the aisle, and we'll just make sure everybody got one. I'll get past one, so if it never gets back up here, it'll be okay. And we'll start it over here and just take your communion. Do you want to do this? You want to administer it? Okay. Hallelujah. Now, in the Baptist church, they wouldn't have let a woman do it for nothing. Hallelujah. I'm just teasing. But they wouldn't have, you know. Hallelujah. But we're not in the Baptist church. Oh, I got delivered. Hallelujah. I got delivered from, and, and Baptists, now I said this the other night, they're very precious people. But a lot of times what they believe in precious. Hallelujah. But they're very precious people, and they're our brothers and sisters in Christ. But I'm glad to be delivered from the bondage of what's believed there. So I'm not, I'm not discounting the people. I don't want you to think I am. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. We need to get all of that stuff under the blood if we were, don't we? Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God. Did everybody get one? How, did you get one, Barry? No, Barry didn't get one. Just I started to just throw it up. Thank you, Jesus. This is the body. This represents the body of Jesus. We're doing this to remember Him. And the price that He paid, the stripes that He bore, that we could be healed. Hallelujah. Father, we thank You for this body that we're about to receive. And Lord, we take it worthily, giving full worth to the price that Jesus paid that we could be healed and delivered and set free. And we believe that we receive healing in our bodies as we partake tonight. And Father, we give you great thanks for the body of Christ and we esteem the body of Christ. Not just our denomination, not just our group, not just our company, but all the believers in all the world, we esteem them very highly and love them. Give you all a praise for them and ask you to help them and help us. And Lord, we receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. They're a little tricky sometimes. Go ahead and open your juice if you want to and then we'll pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the new birth and that you recreated us. Thank you for receiving us. And thank you, Lord, now that you wash us from all sin. Every missing of the mark and every step out of love. Lord, we give you just all the praise and thanksgiving for that. And we receive cleansing. We receive our freedom from condemnation. We receive deliverance and protection. We receive wholeness by this blood. We receive our safety. And we receive a freedom from fear as we take this blood. And we make much of the blood, celebrating it, 
thanking you for it, glorifying you in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Did you believe you received? Hallelujah. Deliverance, healing. Praise God. Well, I believe that uh, Caitlin saw it sitting there a while ago, and she said, what's this? And I said, it's communion. She said, my mama won't let me have it because it makes me feisty. So, so I believe communion made you feisty tonight. Amen. Well, if you're healed, you're feisty, aren't you? Amen. If you're delivered and you're hallelujah, you're pretty feisty. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand up for a minute. Thank you, Lord. We're praise God.